The entirety of the program today dedicated to Alliance Defending Freedom. And uh, we just had a great conversation with Kevin Terrio. We now introduce Eric Stanley. Eric, welcome to Koinonia. Hi, great to be with you. Uh, Let's real quickly hear what your role is at ADF and, if I may, just a little of your background and how you uh, come to join ADF here in, uh, well, actually, you can't really geographically pin ADF like you used to. (laughs) Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, give us a little of your background and uh, how you came to ADF. Well, sure, yeah. I lead the uh, church team at ADF. Uh, We are just a team of attorneys that's dedicated to protecting the constitutional rights of churches, pastors, religious ministries, um, Christian schools, those types of groups. And we've been doing that for several years now. Um, I personally have been uh, litigating in the field of religious liberties for almost 16 years now, I've been doing so on a number of different levels uh, with uh, clients in public schools and in the public square and uh, just in general in the field of religious liberties. And so uh, what drew me to ADF was uh, really the commitment uh, that I heard from ADF about, uh, as one of our founders, Dr. Bill Bright, said, to keep the door open for the spread of the gospel. And uh, that's really what we've been focused on, and specifically in the realm of the church team, that just really boils down to making sure that churches have the the space, the legal space, to minister and to proclaim the gospel uh, without restriction. There's something about working on a team as well, though, right? Oh, absolutely. And ADF has, has an excellent team, uh, very, very uh, bright, uh, capable, aggressive, dedicated people. Uh, and I think one of the things that uh, ADF is known for is our commitment to excellence in everything that we do. Uh, our servant-oriented atti- attitude, um, but we're committed to victory, and, and we're centered on Christ. Uh, you know, our theme verse is John fifteen five. Without apart from Christ, we can do nothing, mm-hmm. uh, and so we believe that and f- try to follow it every day. Uh, but uh, you know, this is really a team that is committed to victory, and no matter what legal climate we find ourselves in, uh, and it certainly has shifted uh, over the last uh, few weeks, we will continue to fight the fight to make sure that people of faith have the right to live their faith and to share their faith freely. Committed to serving is, uh, I have witnessed it for years, Bob Brown, an affiliated attorney that has actually filled in for me here on Koinonia, and actually his office is just a few buildings now from the studio, put me on to a few things, uh, resources that ADF has that help churches protecting your ministry handbook, and it is incredible, incredible information, and been in high demand of late as well, right? Well, it really has. Uh, you know, we've been giving churches advice for years, but one of the things that we see, we saw coming down the road, and we still see, uh, and in fact, it's, it's sooner, I think, than we all will realize or want, is this coming conflict between the right of churches and religious organizations to minister freely as compared with uh, the sexual revolution and the rights of people, uh, you know, to to kind of you know, to infringe upon a religious organization. And so, what we've done is to really advise churches: these are the steps that you can take, very concrete, practical, simple steps that you can take as a church, as a religious ministry, as a Christian school, to make sure you're protected when the sexual revolution might come and and when litigation might come calling. Uh, and, and there are things like bylaw statements, uh, p- 
policies that could be put into place. But what we've tried to do is to make it as simple and as effective as possible uh, and to make it available free of charge to get it into the hands of as many churches, Christian schools, and religious ministries as we can. You've had, in fact, you have it broken down into three major areas, church checklist, Christian school checklist, Christian ministry checklist. So this is a document that is, is quite vibrant and helpful across the board. It is, and it's focused on areas, uh, as an example, uh, if a church were to uh, ever be sued or there's a legal claim that's brought that uh, the, the church facilities must be forced open for same-sex weddings. Um, you know, there are, is a sample facility usage policy that the church can enact to make sure that it has the right to accept uh, users of the facility that are consistent with the religious beliefs of the church and to deny all users that are inconsistent with those beliefs. So we've tried to make that where churches can just take that facility use policy, they can adopt it in whole, they can amend it to, to fit their own particular situation, uh, but nevertheless, that's something that uh, churches can do. So you know, facility use is one area, employment is another area. Um, you know, there's several different areas where we want to make sure that churches and Christian ministries and, and schools are protected to the best extent possible. Uh, you know, as an attorney, if there was ever a legal case filed on, on, on any of these issues, I would like to go in and representation and to be able to have documents in black and white that we could present to a court that may uh, either get the case uh, for, for victory uh, or, or do it a whole lot quicker uh, to get it to a point where it might, be, might even be dismissed outright uh, instead of having to drag on through years of litigation. And I have seen numerous occasions where, let's say 10 years ago, 20 years ago, a case would have been lost by the religious institution just because there was nobody there to fight the battle and the very fact that you have these documents and these quote-unquote suggestions uh, for government leaders, uh, many of cases have been dropped before they even became a real case. Well, that's right. And and I think that, you know, it, part of it is making sure that, that as a church or a religious ministry that you're protected, that you have those things that are in place so that Another example would be if your church uh, gets a call and your pastor is asked to officiate a same-sex wedding ceremony, or if you are a Christian organization and you have a camp or a retreat center and you're, you're approached and asked to have a same-sex wedding, um, you know, that you don't have to run around uh, in a panic and say, what do we do, what do we do, are we protected, that you've already taken the steps that we've lined out in this manual and you know that you've taken everything, all the steps that you can take to be prepared, uh, and then you follow your faith, you follow the dictates of your faith and, and your religious beliefs, and know that ADF is here to protect you, uh, and that we've got already in place what we need to come in and make sure that we've got the most robust legal protection for these Christian ministries that's possible. Eric Stanley with Alliance Defending Freedom. We're talking about the protection or protecting your ministry handbook and uh, what it contains and why it's a, a valuable resource for your church or a Christian school or ministry. Now, I have to be honest with you, Eric. I read uh, this little work of fiction back in uh, two, the end of 2009. You may be familiar with the book and the author, Alan Sears. The book was called Injustice. It was a fictional, a novel uh, rendition. It was scary but not as scary as the headlines of today. And that is just a mere six years. Mm. I mean, that is, that's a, a pretty stunning change 
uh, in this time period. Some people say, hey, it's inevitable. We're, we're uh, the people of faith are just going to have to keep their mouths shut. So what do you say to that? Well, I certainly think that Alan Sears, when he wrote that book, Injustice, was uh, very prescient in what he was saying and forecasting what would happen. Uh, that was a, a very scary scenario. But a lot of people probably didn't realize just how quickly we would get to the point that we are in this country, uh, where there is a, a conflict between sexual license and religious liberty. And in some cases already, religious liberty has been made to bow and to bend in the face of sexual license. Uh, a good example of that is our uh, photography client in New Mexico that was told by the New Mexico Supreme Court that the compromise of her religious beliefs was the price of citizenship mm -hmm. in our country today. And some in power, including some who sit on the, on the bench as judges, do believe that that's the case, that religious freedom must bow in the face of these claims of sexual license. And these non-discrimination ordinances are really where the battle lines are drawn, uh, because in those instances, uh, there are the claims of, uh, that you cannot discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity come face-to-face -face with a claim of, I have a right to rec exercise my religious beliefs and to not be forced to do things that are at odds with those religious beliefs. That can play itself out in a number of different scenarios, and we're, you know, we're starting to see that happen now. I think that we're going to end up having more situations that will come down the road. And that's why we want to instill in churches a sense of urgency at this point to say to churches, look, this is the time to take those steps now that you need to take. It's not too late uh, after the Supreme Court marriage decision. Uh, it, it, it's, it, now it's not too late. It's, it's certainly now is the time to take those steps uh, and to make sure that you're protected. Because it's come already to certain clients of ours, um, and it will come to others, uh, including churches and, and pastors that are listening uh, here to this program. So take the steps now, and we've tried to make that as easy as possible in this Protecting Your Ministry manual. And, and that was one of the things that I wanted to talk This manual was written to be a proactive tool, but right now, we, in some cases, it's going to be reactive how important it is that I just want you to say it again, basically, that churches take this serious. You, it's some easy steps that they can make, right? Well, it is. And an example I'll raise again is the facilities usage policy. You know, I can't count how many churches, and especially small churches, have do not have a written policy on how their facilities will be used. Mm. And they certainly have not tied their facility usage to their statement of faith, to the carrying on of their religious beliefs. And so people will come and request, and, you know, they may have uh, groups of the community that come and use the facility and things like that, which we say is still fine. Allow the church to remain a place for the community to gather. But take that step of a facility use policy and tie the use of your facility to your statement of faith, your religious beliefs. And then when someone comes calling, all you have to do is hand them the facility use policy and the statement of faith of the church, and they have to certify that their use is consistent with that statement of faith. Uh, and that really puts that church in a much, much, much better position than if they have no policy whatsoever and they're just trying to fly by the seat of their pants. Uh, and, and honestly, the last thing that we want to have happen in these types of situations is for an untrained volunteer or a church secretary or something to be making a statement that could later come back to haunt the church in litigation. 
So take those steps now. Eric Stanley with Alliance Defending Freedom is our guest. We're going to continue the conversation here on Koinonia. And the document we're talking about, Protecting Your Ministry, adflegal.org forward slash P-Y-M for Protect Your Ministry, adflegal.org forward slash P-Y-M. The conversation continues. You're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360, KPXQ, where hope is always on. <laughs> 